disturbing from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 64 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Here we go, we're just coming right off episode 63, which was sort of a supersized episode where I not only uh, reviewed episode 63 of Dragon Ball Super, but I also did sort of a short sort of review of Avengers Infinity War, and that was sort of a request. Um, so I did that for you guys. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Hope you had a good time. Um, it's always nice to be to give you sort of extended episodes every now and then because I know a lot of you guys prefer longer episodes. Um, if you want to help me have more stuff to talk about, send me more emails. Uh, give me some good interaction here. We have an email segment called What Are You Saying? You can send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. I do have an email that I'm going to read on this episode. However, as I, as normal, it pertains somewhat to episode 64 of Dragon Ball Super. So that means I will wait until the end of the episode talk to read it. But uh, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can also head over to Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast. Like that page. Send me a message there. So I'm going to start off with some news here, and, and I think it's kind of exciting. <laughs> I hope it's kind of exciting. As you guys know, I've been kind of talking about, I've been kind of teasing uh, sort of this idea that I would try to find a way to release more Dragon Ball related content um, the past couple episodes, as well as talking about the commentary tracks for both the history of trunks as well as dragon ball evolution uh, i've been talking about that since episode 50 but i've kind of been holding off on those because i want to find the right time to release them in the, in the right avenue and i think i kind of finally figured that out so as of today uh may 20th sunday may 20th i have officially launched a uh rock the dragon podcast youtube channel okay so you may be thinking, well, what's the big deal, man? You already had a YouTube channel over Tim Bridgewater Geek, right? True. <laughs> okay. But that YouTube channel, well, it's kind of been going through like a tough time because uh, I came back and I relaunched that whole thing with all new stuff and it just never really took off. You know, it's very obviously it's very hard to get people to find your videos. They get buried for different reasons. There's a million different people talking about geek shit on YouTube. There's a million different people talking about Dragon Ball on YouTube for that matter too. So it's just hard for people to like kind of find your stuff. Okay. Um, with that being said, why am I doing this? Well, you know, I got a little sort of advice from my friend Robert that I talk about every now and then on here. And he, he said that he thought that I should probably try to do a dragon ball youtube for rock the dragon and i thought it was a good idea and i said well i talk about dragon ball more than anything else anyway so what if i had a youtube channel that was dedicated solely to dragon ball z dragon ball super related stuff okay so that's what i've been working on this whole time now right now i don't have a custom url right so i can't i can't say go to youtube.com slash this right now it's just a bunch of numbers and letters <laughs> because it's a brand new youtube channel OK, and if you know anything about YouTube channels, especially since they just released this whole wave of changes uh, as far as uh, content creators, because my other channel kind of suffered from it. You know, my Tim Bridgewater Geek channel lost uh, the ability to monetize videos because, well, I didn't have enough hours watched or enough subscribers or something. They sort of made it a little bit more difficult 
for you to um, to sort of have a successful channel. But at the same time, it's 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 definitely designed, I think, to um, make it more difficult for sort of these channels that just, you know, upload other people's videos and they just get, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of clicks. And there's not really any sort of like real person behind it. It's just a bot or it's just like, you know, some person just literally stealing other people's shit and uploading it. So I do understand why they're kind of increasing those restrictions. Unfortunately, it kind of hurt people like me who have been on YouTube for over a decade. Um, now, I'm not going to pretend like I've been the most active YouTube to YouTuber <laughs> this whole time. I would kind of put up a video every now and then. And some of you guys have seen those. You've seen my Dragon Ball related videos that I posted on there recently. Um, so as of the channel right now, uh, most of the videos are just re-uploads of Dragon Ball related videos that were on my other channel, but they didn't really get much traction there. So I'm hoping that now that I'll have a Dragon Ball channel, that maybe things will pick up and more people will start to discover it and start to take interest and things like that. So you'll find the Vegeta versus Magetta fan, Bruce Falconer fan edit that I did there. You'll find the Dragon Ball Fighters Collector's Edition unboxing video over there. Um, you'll you'll find several videos that you may have already seen. But in addition to that, you will also find some new uh, video versions of select podcast episodes. But what do I mean by that? Episode 63 of the podcast is now sort of a video version of that. Okay, it's not me on camera. It's not that because that would honestly take too damn long. And I don't <laughs> there's really no point in sort of videoing these podcasts at this point. Uh, but what I did is I made an interesting sort of visualization uh, to hopefully make it easier for some people who may just use YouTube to listen. And I'm not going to upload every single episode of the podcast to YouTube. I mean, the, the ultimate plan here is to hopefully get more people to find the podcast uh, you know, on the outlets that it's already on, uh, iTunes, Google Play, etc. But what I will do is I will upload a video sort of version. You can f just go see it. <laughs> There's some pretty cool stuff. I mean, I made some some I use some graphics to kind of make some interesting sort of animated uh, animated sort of intros and things like that. Um, so even if you've already listened to the podcast, you want to go check it out just so you can see the the, the visuals that I added. Uh, so the, the plan will be that every I don't know, it'll just it'll really just be any episode that I feel like would stand to be benefit from also being posted on YouTube. Then I'll then I'll do that, too. Uh, and of course, those commentary tracks, they're going to go to YouTube also. So uh, what you can do right now, because once again, I don't have a custom URL and you can't get a custom URL uh, anymore until you have, uh, I think, 100 subscribers uh, I think your channel has to be up for at least 30 days. You have to have channel art, like all this stuff, right? To get a custom URL, which I would, cause I would love to just be able to send you guys to youtube.com slash rock the dragon podcast, but I can't do that as of yet. So if you want to help speed that process along, go to facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast. You'll find a link to the YouTube channel and just go ahead and click subscribe. And the sooner you guys do that, the faster I can get to 100 and the faster we can really get that channel moving because I can make all sorts of content. Some of you guys know that I am an editor. 
Okay, so there's really no limit to what I can kind of do creatively to just to just put out new and more exciting content, maybe some specialty sort of videos where I'm just kind of giving theories or my opinions on things, things other than just the podcast I can do over there. We can do all kinds of shit. Okay, but I need you guys, my sort of core fan base, my current listeners to help me get that thing moving. Because uh, with a brand new YouTube channel, that makes it even more difficult for people to stumble upon your stuff. But if you guys share it and, and sort of talk about it the way you've been doing so far with the podcast, that'd be great. But the first step, the most important step would be to go find that link on the Facebook page. Go ahead and subscribe to that channel. Go ahead and watch every video. Like every video. You know how this goes. <laughs> okay. So that was sort of my big announcement that I've been, you know, waiting to talk about for a while been working extremely hard (laughs) on putting all these videos back out uh and there are definitely some new things there that you want to check out so you definitely need to go check that out okay all right okay so that being said i think we're gonna go ahead we're gonna save the email until the end so we'll just go ahead and jump into the episode talk for this week So, of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon Podcast, episode 64, is going to cover episode 64 of Dragon Ball Super, titled, Worship Me, Give Praise Unto Me, The Explosive Birth of Merged Zamasu. All right, you guys know I've been kind of, I've been kind of easing up on these titles a little bit, okay? I mean, yeah, I still talk about them, but not as much as I once was, (laughs) but come on, you know? Did they did they really I mean, I just I don't I don't understand the thought process that happens in Japan when they decide to sort of title the episodes like this, because I mean, if this isn't a major spoiler, then I don't know what is. Okay, obviously, based on this freaking title, we're going to get a merged Zamasu here. Okay, now we'll talk more about this in a little bit, but uh, they just can't let anything be a surprise anymore, can they? Okay, so. You know, I'd also like to mention the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm recording. I'm trying to get back on a, on a good schedule by having these episodes up on uh, late Sunday, early Monday for all you guys. Because I know a lot of you like to listen to it on Monday mornings on your way to work and all that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to get that back together for you. But the the Adult Swim website is not making it easy. OK, because for some reason, episode 64 of Dragon Ball Super is still not up. OK, and it, it came on last night. I mean, usually most most of these networks will have the new episode of their show up at midnight of the night that it airs right or at least by noon the next day as of this moment it's still not up okay which means and once again you guys know that i like to rewatch the episode as i do the podcast so i'm having to find some weird external website to watch it on and that just sucks because I, I think it's taken away from the views that the show could be getting on the Adult Swim website when I have to go elsewhere to find it. So, for goodness sakes, if anyone hears this from Adult Swim, get your shit together, all right? I'm tired of having problems with you guys. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so, yeah, um, we're just going to go ahead and get into this episode and just, we already know what's going to happen. There's going to be a merge Zamasu, okay? And I guess anyone who, obviously, a lot of you guys watch the Japanese dub, you already knew this was coming. Uh, but also, if you've been sort of following the development of Dragon Ball Fighters, and they recently announced uh, new DLC for both uh, 
Vegito Blue. Okay, so Super Saiyan Blue Vegito, which is a spoiler too. Sorry, <laughs> but if you've played the video game, and, and 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 honestly, after watching this episode, you can kind of assume that that's coming, right? Um, but in addition to that, they also announced Fuse Zamasu. Okay, so you know, once you see that title, you can you know what that is. <laughs> you know that these two Zamasus, Goku Black and Zamasu, are going to fuse together. And most of us knew that this was a possibility anyway, because well, they both have in one earring in their ear, except they both. This whole time have had uh, the earring in their left ear because we learned a while back that as long as the earring is on the same ear that allows you to go to travel through time with the time ring. But when they're on alternate ears, that's when you fuse. OK, so obviously that's going to happen to this in this episode. We're going to get to that in a moment, though. So the episode kind of resumes with Vegeta kind of, you know, whooping Goku Black. Because in the last episode, he kind of got himself in a good position. I mean, we got some pretty good dialogue from Vegeta. He was kicking some ass um, because obviously he had some extra time in the hyperbolic time chamber. So he when he went back, he was stronger than he was the first time. Of course, Goku Black is noticing all of these changes in power. And he's kind of established himself as a character that literally sort of witnesses the way these Saiyans use their bodies in order to sort of can increase his power. Okay, that's something they've somewhat established at this point. Uh, what was interesting here is that he's not fighting Goku this time. So it's not as direct as it would have been as he was if he was fighting Goku, but he's still even learning from Vegeta. You know, he, he he's saying, I think uh, the, the way that you were able to sort of increase your power in such a short amount of time is through your anger. Um, and he says, whenever we, you know, hurt your son, that made you angry. Now, that's I don't think that that's necessarily true here, at least not in the way that he thinks. Right. It's not like he saw Trunks get hurt and he all of a sudden had a power level boost and his power level shot up and now he's just stronger. That's sort of what happened with future Trunks, <laughs> his Super Saiyan rage transformation or whatever they want to call that. With Vegeta, it was more so, yeah, he felt useless because he couldn't help his son. So he went back and he trained more. So I, I don't know if uh, if the show is trying to tell us one way or another or if it's just sort of like Goku Black is just sort of misinterpreting what's going on here. But that's that's he's not in exactly right. Um, but at the, but at the same time, he is kind of right. And, and, and this kind of honestly kind of ties into the whole conversation about what exactly was Trunks's transformation. Was that just anger? Was it more than that? Was it less than that? Um, they have established that characters can get mad and power up. And essentially now, you know, I mean, we've seen transformations like when people get hurt, it can trigger transformations. Okay. I mean, Goku's initial Super Saiyan transformation when Krillin was killed. Although I've never just viewed that as that being the only thing. You know, it wasn't just Krillin's death. It was it was a lot. You know, he had also just gone through a lot. You know, a lot of stuff happened on Namek. You know. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure if Goku Black is because of uh, uh, what's important about this episode in terms of his power is that he's he kind of goes on this whole little sort of thing about um, being angry at himself for letting them sort of pose a threat to him so he's kind of turning 
his rage into <laughs> it's a little bit confusing right because he's essentially saying that he's you know he's angry at himself so he's finding a way to use his inner rage to increase his power in this moment i mean i, I think that i guess that that's kind of cool it's something that we haven't really seen before with like someone that's like kind of getting mad at themselves and becoming stronger uh but this is dragon ball world so it's not the craziest thing ever i guess but basically what he ends up doing is uh, as a result of this he creates this scythe Okay, like the big freaking spear hook thing that we usually see with uh, the Grim Reaper, but sort of this psychokinetic, energetic form of it. Okay, once again, Dragon Ball Fighters fans, you know, if we, if you haven't been watching Japanese dub, this is your first time uh, seeing this thing in anime form. We've seen it in the game, but I've never. He uses that thing in the game, and I never really knew what it was until now. So <laughs> I, I guess it's always kind of fun for me to see that. It's like, okay, well, there's the freaking scythe. And this is how it was created in a moment of him somehow channeling his rage into power. Um, which, once again, the Saiyans have done in different ways. And so sometimes it's been explained better than others, though. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. But so he pulls this thing out. He takes a big swipe at Vegeta with it. Vegeta just kind of quickly moves out of the way, but he sort of inadvertently uh, creates this rip in the sky and no one really knows exactly what it is. We don't know if it leads to anything. All that we know is that it sort of uh, strengthens Goku Black because all of a sudden he's got these um, sort of spirity versions, doppelganger clones <laughs> that come out. I don't know. That kind of stuff always feels kind of cheap to me. And honestly, this technique just reminds me of Gotenks and his ghosts. And, you know, I've never been crazy about that shit. So I think one of the cheapest sort of things that they do in a Dragon Ball world is when they find some way for someone to create clones of themselves. I mean, it's just not I don't know. I've just never been a big fan of that. Uh, unless it's like TN. When TN used to do it, it was kind of tight. Uh but yeah, meanwhile, we've got Goku fighting Zamasu, okay? Because Zamasu is just kind of spectating and saying, oh man, okay, is this, you know, did we just open up a, a portal to another universe? Is this, you know, are we going to be able to just, you know, judge everybody now? Is this our destiny? And Goku is saying, I'll tell you what I think. And he just kind of runs over there and punches him in the face, which, hey, no complaints about that. But then he, he makes a comment to Zamasu and he says, all of your... All your invincibility has done is make you careless. And Zamasu says something that I I, <laughs> I thought was pretty tight when he said it. He says, uh, yeah, but you keep fighting someone who's invincible. So what does that make you, basically? <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, that's a good point, man. It's kind of a good point. But Goku does mention the fact that he has sort of a, a plan in motion, but he doesn't want to tell him what it is. And at first I was thinking, well, what's that? I mean, is there... Is some other transformation that he's hiding. But then I just kind of assume that he just meant the evil containment wave. Though at this point, there's really no reason for him to think that they can still do that. Given the fact that he knows that the ship has been blown up. And I don't think he's aware at this point that Trunks and Bulma have been working on reassembling that jar. So I don't know. Maybe there's another trans, some other secret that he's keeping. But we kind of get some cool little fight stuff here that kind of happens. And of course, we we, we have we can't forget about Trunks and Mai and Boma. And Mai is sort of um, 
spectating from a distance. She's keeping an eye on the fight, uh, just kind of, you know, as a lookout. And then Trunks runs up and he's they have successfully assembled the jar. But at this point, Zamasu is on his way over there. So he's flying toward them. So obviously things are kind of in a rush now. Uh, so then they run in and, 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 they, and they talk to Boma about it. And Boma's basically saying, hey, okay, well, you're going to have to perform the evil containment wave. Trunks is saying, I don't know how to do it. Goku is the one who learned how to do it. But obviously Goku is uh, sort of occupied at the moment. So Trunks is wondering, well, how am I going to do this thing? Okay. <laughs> so then, yeah, we, we go back to, and I kind of mentioned this already, but um, Goku Black is essentially, he, he somehow managed to sort of channel his rage into increasing his power once again. And it's currently being used to create these doppelganger clone things that don't really seem to be much of a threat. I mean, I don't <laughs> I mean, every time they take a swing at one of them, they kind of fade away and disappear and then they just come back. But other than that, I don't I mean, they they're kind of standing there like they're just trapped. And it's like you're not trapped, man. You can just fly away. You know, I mean, Goku, they, they try to use the instant transmission because they know that Zamasu is on his way. Uh, because Goku Black pretty much tells them, he says, OK, well, we know that if we make these guys mad, they'll become stronger. And as a result of that, I can learn how to do it, too. So there's, he's saying that I'm going to send Zamasu to kill your loved ones that are left. And that will, in turn, you know, the, the anger and loss from your loved ones will make you reach new levels of power, which will strengthen me, is what Goku Black says. Um, yeah, man, that's big, 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 uh, big problem with that plan is that you'll also be making them stronger. So I don't I don't understand the logic behind that. <laughs> you know, why would you want to make them stronger just to make yourself stronger? You're still making them stronger, too. So I, I don't know. <clears throat> And I'm not sure he has enough proof at this point that doing something like that will cause. But may, maybe that was the entire reason Trunk they gave Trunks that transformation is to just kind of further fuel Goku Black's theory that them getting angry is going to raise their power because he didn't really see an example of that from Vegeta, but he saw it from Trunks. So maybe it's just kind of feeding into that. Okay. But speaking of Trunks, we go back to them. Um, Boma reveals that she has this video <laughs> on her phone of Piccolo doing the evil containment wave uh, but not until after we get a sort of quick little montage of Trunks doing these poses that have nothing to do with this move but you know there's a little bit of great Saiya man in there there's a little bit of the Ginyu force I think in there in those poses um, but yeah so he basically needs more time to learn. Okay. I think he needs way more time than what he was actually given in this instance, but whatever, I guess. I mean, once again, in Dragon Ball Z, they probably would have spent a whole episode of him learning this containment wave. And they're just trying, they're really obviously trying to speed things up a good bit in Dragon Ball Super. Uh, so Boma says, I can buy you some time. And at this point, I'm thinking, what the hell? Like, I just, I had a feeling something silly was about to happen. Because if she's walking out there, she can't fight. So, you know, she's going to do something weird. So she walks out to try to buy Trunks some time. Not much time, but I guess whatever extra time he needs. So she goes out there. She basically starts flirting with Zamasu. Just sort of in a 
comedic sort of a win. <laughs> I mean, it's really silly. It's kind of like it's really odd how they chose to put a moment like this in such a serious situation. But this is Dragon Ball. So it's like it's not it's not the craziest thing in the world. It's really not. Uh, so she goes out there and she just kind of flirts with him for a minute. And then what happens next is sort of this confusing moment for me because I'm not exactly sure what happened because it's almost like they skipped something, right? Zamasu starts to kind of power up and he's kind of angry. They cut away and then they cut back and all of a sudden he's holding Boma by her shirt. Now it's giving Trunks sort of a flashback to his mom, future Boma, being killed, which they could have used. I mean, they could have turned this into a really good moment of anger with him, but I feel like it didn't really happen. Uh, and then he throws Boma to the side. Now, what's not clear is what the hell happened here. Did she just pass out? Because we didn't see him do anything to her, <laughs> okay? She was screaming one minute. The next moment, she was unconscious and being held by the coat. I don't know. So Trunks does get a little bit pissed. He powers up, okay? And I guess just sort of the fury of the moment made him focus even harder because... Now he's able, for some reason, to do the evil containment wave perfectly when he hasn't even tried it before. <laughs> I mean, he literally just watched the video three minutes ago of Piccolo doing it. It shouldn't be that simple. I mean, remember when Goku was learning how to do it? It took him all day, right? Master Roshi had to show him he had to try a thousand times on Turtle to pull this thing off successfully. But for some reason, in this moment, Trunks is able to do it perfectly. I don't know. That's kind of a pain, right? I don't. I, that's kind of, you know, not only did they give him a power boost out of nowhere because he got mad, but now he's able to do an evil containment wave after watching Piccolo do it like one time. So I don't know. But he lands the move. OK, and we get kind of a cool sort of a sequence out of it. It's pretty exciting. I mean, the music is swelling here here. Uh, I, lo I love what they're doing with the voices here. You know, the effects they're putting on Zamasu's voice when he's kind of being pulled into this vortex is kind of cool. Um, so I really can't complain about any of that. So they seal his ass in there. Well, sorry, they put him in the jar. <laughs> they, they He successfully lands the move. Even though it took Goku however many to do it, he somehow manages to do it right the first time. But okay, fine. I definitely appreciate how they're getting Mai involved in the action here. <clears throat> I mean, she's she's kind of always been involved in the action, but, you know, it's just nice that she's kind of working with Trunks and Momo. I mean, I like that. I like the fact that she's the one there holding the jar. I mean, I if it wasn't for the fact that it just seemed very convenient that Trunks was able to do this so easily and so quickly, I'd be pretty excited about it because it's just nice to see anyone other than Goku be able to do something for once on this show. Uh... But of course, it doesn't last very long. But before we get to that, once again, I was a little bit confused about exactly what Bulma did, because of all of a sudden she wakes up and she's like, you know, I have some tricks up my sleeve. So I'm confused as to what her trick was, because she apparently thinks that she actually did something here. There wasn't enough time that went by to sort of be able to say, okay, she stalled just long enough for Trunks to be able to learn the move. It just, it was way too quick for that. So I don't know if she was talking about her coming out and flirting was the, was the, what bought him time or was she pretending to be unconscious 
and that made Trunks mad because he thought that she was hurt and that allowed him to do this move that he didn't think he'd be able to do. That's my confusion. I'm not sure which one of those two she's so excited about here because it's not really clear because it, once again, we didn't see anything happen to her. So I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe she just pretended like she was hurt when he walked out and that was enough to fuel his power level to get him to focus enough to do this move. Or was it the actual flirting with Zamasu to buy him time to learn the move? Not clear. What do you think? Send me an email. RockTheDragonPodcast.gmail.com uh, But of course, they quickly realize that they don't have the freaking ribbon thing that they need to tie around the jar to keep it sealed. So we get a quick sort of shot back to Master Roshi's Island with Piccolo and Trunks. And Piccolo is like, why, why do I even bother? I mean, you know, good point, Piccolo. I get it, man. It's a Dragon Ball world, but it's like, how do you forget something like that? It's, it's just like them forgetting the Sensu beans the first time around. But I guess since it's Goku, it does kind of fit his character. At least this Dragon Ball super version of Goku, who seems to be like a walking baby half the time. Uh, that they forgot it. So Zamasu gets released pretty quickly. So then we go over to Goku Black and he's noticed that uh, for some reason he didn't notice when he disappeared initially, but he does notice when he comes back and he says, OK, he just returned, but his energy is barely there. So something must have went wrong. So he uses instant transmission, which he somehow learned how to do. I don't I don't know if I really like this whole thing about him just fighting Goku. So he learns all of Goku's techniques. I mean, doesn't that kind of undermine the key and knowing how to manipulate your key and the techniques and the years of studying that these characters have to do to learn how to do these things? If a villain can come along and just look at them and learn it. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? Um, and if it's that easy, then why can't why hasn't Vegeta learned how to do it? Why hasn't Trunks learned how to do it? Yeah, whatever. So. But this does give them the opportunity to sort of uh, get out of the situation that they're in. Because, so then Goku uses his instant transmission because he wasn't able to use it earlier because for some reason that weird portal that Goku Black created was stopping him from being able to do it. So then they all instant transmission over to where Trunks and Balma and them are. Okay. Um, Goku Black is kind of giving Zamasu the third degree saying, what happened? Like you were just, we were fine. Uh, how did you let these mortals get the best of you? And he's saying that, hey, we may have underestimated them because they weren't con considering a, this evil containment wave. You don't necessarily have to destroy people in this world. There are techniques you can use to just trap them. And I guess they just didn't think about that. So now they're saying, you know, we have to pull out all the stops now because they're not giving us any choice. We, It could have ended just like that. So this is where they kind of start talking about fusing, right? And thanks to the freaking title of this episode, it was not even close to being a surprise to us that this was going to happen. And not only that, you knew that the evil containment wave was not going to last, right? Because you knew that there was going to be a fusion that happened during this episode because the title said that. So this for, for, we talked about this before, you know, um, 
it kind of kills the sort of expectations and the excitement about some of these moments because if I didn't know what the title of this was, I could have seen them seal put put uh, Zamasu in that jar and think, oh, maybe this is it. You know, maybe they'll find a way to keep him in there. But no, we know that's not going to happen because we already know that a fusion is going to happen here in the episode. So that kills that sort of suspense there. You know, we'll talk more about this in a minute, though. But they fuse, okay? Earrings are taken off, switched around, fusion happens here. Um, so we get a fused Zamasu, and he looks pretty badass. I mean, it's definitely no sort of, you know, complaints about any of that. Um, you know, um, I think it starts to be become more clear at this point why Goasu and Shin are there now, <laughs> because... They didn't do a really good job of explaining why these characters felt like it was so important to be there when they couldn't do anything. I mean, they said it. It was like Goasu came there. He basically made a plea to Zamasu to not do what he's doing. That didn't work. So at that point, they should have left. But they said, no, we want to stay anyway. I guess for no reason. Well, no, the reason is, and I don't know this for a fact. This is just me assuming here. Given the fact that I know the Vegito shows up again, I, I think it's fair to assume that Goasu and Shin are going to give Goku and Vegeta their earrings so they confuse. Because otherwise, <laughs> how do you even put up a fight at this point against a fused Zamasu? Speaking of that, <laughs> there's this whole like little monologue at the end that uh, fused Zamasu is giving when he's saying worship me and all this kind of stuff. And there's this moment where he... <laughs> He says, because I'm, and I, for one second, I thought he was going to say, I'm Fused Zamasu. And I'm thinking to myself, he better not refer to himself as Fused Zamasu. <laughs> that would be so fucking stupid if he said that. But he just said Zamasu. And that made a lot more sense. But for a split second, I thought he was going to call himself Fused Zamasu. Which is fine if we call him that, but he can't refer to himself as that, right? <laughs> that would be kind of stupid. Uh, but luckily that didn't happen. So, yeah, they come together and that's how the episode ends, you know, which is just so funny that they just they, they, they did not have to put that in the title because not only would it have not spoiled everything, it doesn't happen to the last 10 seconds of the episode anyway. So why not just save that to the next episode? You know, I, I, I just I don't understand the titling process, but if I grew up in Japan, I guess I'd be used to this kind of stuff. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah I think it's safe to assume that Goku and Vegeta are going to fuse pretty soon because now they have access to earrings with sh both Shin and, and Goasu there uh, we don't know I don't know if that's going to happen immediately they're going to take some time building up to that for them to think about it because remember in the past it's been something that they have not been you know wanting to do so easily more so specifically Vegeta because of the whole idea of you know Vegeta doesn't like fusion it makes him feel like he's not adequate enough alone by himself and his his pride is too high to fuse with someone in a situation but he with that being said he did do it in dragon ball z now that per that fusion was supposed to be permanent this is something else we've talked about uh so i'm i'm i don't know how they're going to address that this time around because we know that it's quote unquote permanent but yet uh <laughs> they still find a way to break it last time. So it'd be interesting to see 
how Super is going to handle the concept of that this time around. Assuming that this happens here, but I feel pretty, pretty I feel pretty confident it's going to happen here. Maybe since they know that hell, it's permanent, but it's not because well, last time we split, you know, then they'll have no choice but to do it this time, I guess. Uh, with that, and with all of that being said, man, it just introduces a whole new sort of plot hole. Out of all of these, out of all of the the the, the things that they have tried to defeat these two guys, why haven't they tried the the uh, the regular fusion, the one the Gotenks fusion, the one that go that Goten and Trunks do, <laughs> the dance? Why haven't they tried that? I mean, it seems like they could have tried that a long time ago. Now, yeah, we know it only lasts a short amount of time, but I mean. It's just funny that that has not come up yet. Because if Goku and Vegeta just did that, a fused Super Saiyan Blue uh, Gogeta, that would be cool. If now, if I had to make an assumption here as to why, it's because Gogeta's never been a part of the main canon storyline in this series. But why not introduce it here? I mean, it almost will make more sense in some ways than doing Vegito. I mean, Vegito is seems it makes sense because they're dealing with Kai's and earrings and stuff. But when you're looking for every sort of avenue to possibly defeat two people, then why did they never think about fusing? You know, I, I don't know. Once again, Dragon Ball plot holes, shit like that, nitpicks, etc. <laughs> what do you think? What are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. That being said, we're going to shift back over to that uh, to that segment. I have an email here from Dominique. Uh, it's titled Almighty Zamasu, huh? Dominique writes, What's good, brother? Haven't wrote you in a few episodes, and after tonight's episode, plus your past few episodes, I definitely wanted to chime in. I wanted to talk about Trunks' transformation. There's a few things that I've noticed that, in my opinion, suggest that this was the legendary Saiyan form, a la Broly, now, before people start jumping off the rails, oh, the hair is different, the color aura is different, blah, 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 this is Dragon Ball. Future Trunks' entire hair color is different from before, so spare me the minute details. <laughs> now, here's my reasons pointing to that. First, his eyes. In the initial episode, he changes his eyes are pure. In the initial episode, he changes his eyes are pure white. No iris, no pupil, or anything, just like Broly. Then Trunks said, quote, you said my choices make me evil, then that's what I'll be. Obviously, Broly was evil AF. Then Vegeta's response to the transformation. The utter shock, and he says, Is he? As if he's seen the form before. Then just look at how Trunks stomped towards Zamasu in black. Very reminiscent of the first time Broly sees Kakarot and loses his shit. Now, also, when Future Trunks was talking to Kid Trunks, he was explaining how they're the same person, but have been through different things in life and they're in a different dimension. So it makes sense that that would possibly be, that he would possibly be able to do it in his timeline. We know there is no type of explanation given, but I thought this was a good one and worth discussion. OK, Dominique, before I move on to the next paragraph of your email, we're going to just kind of talk about this one. Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, I feel like at this point, like the fact that they've given no sort of explanation as to what caused Trunks' transformation, what, you know, I feel like any theory is probably fair game, you know, and I, I'm, 
I've mentioned this before, but I'm not uh, the biggest sort of Broly fan, and I've seen those movies, but I have not seen them enough to be able. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't put, I didn't make those connections. I didn't, and I know that, and I assume there's probably a thousand YouTubers right now just kind of putting together their own theories of what this transformation is. From everything that you said here, sounds correct. I mean, yeah, his pupils did disappear, his hair spiked out a little bit more, you know, more Broly-like. Um, but I, I don't know if I've ever really understood exactly what made Broly so strong. I mean, I just thought he was just born like that. I didn't realize it was sort of like a transformation of any of any of any sort. But I've never pretended to know everything. As a matter of fact, I say it multiple times <laughs> that I don't. So sometimes you guys tell me new things, too. So if you think it's 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 tied into that, then I, I don't see why it couldn't be. I mean, all this stuff here kind of makes sense. My only thing is, is that with Broly not being considered canon, uh, why would they make a connection like that and expect us to uh, make that connection ourselves, given that that's a character that doesn't exist in this world necessarily? So I guess in that sense, you know, maybe it's just maybe they intended to be more sort of an Easter egg sort of a thing. I mean, assuming that that's what it is. But at this point, like you said, there's no explanation given, but this is a good one. Worth discussion. Absolutely. Uh, your next paragraph. Other than that, I felt this ep- this was a solid episode. I love how we don't spend two to three episodes just powering up anymore. It would have took Black two episodes to pull that scythe out his hand. So I love how we got straight to the action. But man, they got to change the names of the episodes. It totally ruined the whole containment box segment because we knew he was getting out. Just just a matter of finding out how it would have been much more suspenseful if we had no idea got to see piccolo teach it to him over facetime which was hilarious then see him actually use it to perfection having zamasu frightened is about to die all that suspense was out the window because of the little episode i'm sorry because of the title of the episode smh but that fusion at the end was unexpected so at least we got that Anyways, I'm just finishing the episode. Can't wait to hear your next episode. Keep up the great work, my brother. Dominique. Dominique, always good to hear from you. Yes, it had definitely been a while. And yeah, I, I definitely kind of went to that on the spoilerific nature of the titles. But man, <laughs> I guess that's something I just have to get over and accept because they've been doing that the entire series. And I mentioned this before. I mean, I, I love the way Dragon Ball Z English dub handled it. Were they not Kai, but like the original Funimation run uh, where they just came up with new episodes for the titles. <laughs> they came up with new titles for the episodes is what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, that was just better. You know, they 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 Americanized the titles. They took the spoilers out and, and that was just better. But I guess as an, in an effort to remain more faithful to the Japanese dub, which depending on which side of this debate you sit on, you know, could be good or bad. They decide to just sort of do these direct translations of the titles. And I think it's hurting the show. I think it's definitely spoiling things because like you said, we knew that there was a fusion that was going to happen. So we knew that that evil containment wave wasn't going to last, you know, because it can't last if he's going to come out of there and do a fusion. (laughs) So I don't know. Just the culture in Japan in terms of spoilers and things like that just must be completely different than it is here. Um, And I've seriously considered just not reading the titles of the episodes 
so that when I come on the podcast and talk about it, um, you know, it's based on a reaction of things that I, I that I couldn't predict. So I'm thinking about doing that. It'd be a little hard because I'll have to close my eyes when they saw the title and I'd have to mute the TV whenever whenever the narrator says it. But I'm considering it. Uh, so, yeah. Dominique, thanks again for the for the email. I appreciate that. I, I agree with most of this here. It definitely would have been better had the title not spoiled everything. Okay. So if you have any questions, concerns about anything, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please have it to the Facebook page. Give that page a like. Find the link to the Rock the Dragon YouTube. So this is sort of a whole new thing that I'm starting. And, 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 and you guys know how busy I am as it is. So for me to introduce another whole thing amongst all of this to do, you know, that means it's, it's thanks to you guys and your support. And I'm just here. I'm doing this for y'all. So if you guys can help me out uh, just by going and subscribing to that channel, the faster I get to 100, the more I can get. I can get a custom URL and all these things. And that obviously just means more content that I can put up for you guys. I have a couple other things in the works in addition to just the commentary tracks. Uh, I'm going to put one or two more select podcast episodes up. Uh, once again, it's not just it, it's the same as before, but now you just have some visuals that kind of go along with it. So I think it'll be worth checking out just to if you're just curious about that at the very least. Uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to launch that now uh, and with you guys support and help. It can definitely turn into something bigger. Uh, so thank you for that. And obviously, if you have anything else positive you want to say, you can leave me a review on iTunes. OK. So with that being said, I think I'm going to get out of here, guys. So until next time for Rock the Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater, and I'll see you next time.